y'all. Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we are talking about Season 7, Episode 9, called How to Win Friends and Influence Monsters. We start out at Wharton State Forest, the Pine Barrens in New Jersey, at nighttime. Something is running through the woods towards an SUV in a large tent. A generator is supplying power to the tent. Inside, a man and woman in sleeping bags are on a double bed watching television. <laughs> the woman uses a remote to turn off the TV. The man says, good night, sweetie, and he turns off his bedside lamp and turns on his iPod. The recording on the iPod says, this is Nature Sounds, Sounds of Nature, Volume 4, Soothing Seas. So just, like, ignore the nature sounds that are just outside, right? Yeah, like, exactly. You literally go camping to be in nature, and you're, like, listening to recorded nature sounds because the ones outside apparently aren't good enough. Exactly. And they brought their, like, huge-ass bed. Well, I think that's like a cabin that they've rented or something. No, it's a tent. It was a tent? Yeah. I thought, it was a, I thought they were in a cabin. Nope, it's a tent. It says oh. here it's in a tent. And I remember, it's just a giant tent. Huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. They do make some pretty big size cots, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, I thought it was a cabin for some reason. Yeah. Probably because I'm like, that's too big. There's no way that could be a tent. <laughs> right. I know, right? <laughs> so they go to sleep, and then we cut to the man, still asleep in his sleeping bag, but he's now hanging upside down in a tree. He wakes up and says, what the hell? Leanne. The man sees something moving in the trees above him. He says, no, no, stay away. Leanne. The man screams as something begins to eat him alive. Pieces of flesh, clothing, and his iPod drop to the ground. And there was an ear with the earbud. Yeah. Did you see that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was too much. The recording on the iPod says, this is nature sounds, the sounds of nature. And then we get our opening title sequence. Frickin' nature. (laughs) Good old nature. It'll eat you in the trees. So we cut to an old abandoned house. Um, We're in Hamilton, New Jersey. It's still nighttime. Sam walks down the stairs. Dean is standing by a fuse box. Sam says, did you strip enough wire? Dean says, yes, I stripped enough wire. Sam says, all right. I think he probably hasn't stripped enough. Well, yeah, there's that. He's he's experienced the stripping enough, but I don't think he's actually stripped enough. I don't know. I have no. Yeah, I, I can wanna, think about that for a while. I can think yeah. about that for a while too, but I don't know how how much good it would do me. <laughs> uh, okay. So Sam attaches some cables to the stripped wires and electricity crackles and the lights come on. Dean says, see, told you. Bobby joins them and says, well, isn't this cozy? Sam says, yeah, well, Motel 6 just ain't leaving the light on anymore. Bobby mm-hmm. says, well, I'm taking a page out of Frank Devereaux's Bible on this. Everyone's out to get you. Paranoia is just plain common sense. <laughs> Dean says, weeks, guys, weeks. We've been living with cold showers, cold hot pockets, cold freaking everything. I mean, this is the bottom that we're living in. You guys get that, right? <laughs> He's so angsty. He is mad about it. <laughs> he wants a hotel bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bobby says, how many big mouths are out there running card traces like Chet or hunting us down God knows what ways? No, now's not the time to be laying our bed roll. Now, okay. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> now's not the time to be laying our bed rolls out on the grid. Not if we can help it. Just then the lights go out. Sam turns on a battery-powered lamp. 
Dean says, that's just great. This is stupid. Our quality of life is crap. We got purgatory's least wanted everywhere, and we're on our third, the world screwed issue in, what, three years? We've steered the bus away from the cliff twice already. There's one a year, buddy. Get used to it. I know. It's just going to keep happening. Uh Sam says, someone's got to do it. Dean says, what if the bus wants to go over the cliff? Sam says, you think the world wants to end? Dean says, I think that if we didn't take its belt... Okay. Dean says, <laughs> I think... We just woke up, folks, so... <laughs> I am tired. rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went to sleep at like 2 in the morning. Oh, at, at And least, I got yeah. up at 7 because I have to take all my pills at 7. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to go back to sleep, but Steve kept biting my feet. Yeah. He doesn't do that to me. Yeah. Like, he's done that, like, maybe once. And it's usually if you, like, w- like if you put your hand underneath the blankets or something, you kind of, like, scratch them around like there's something under the blanket, then he'll mm-hmm. kind of, like, you know, chase play. after it or yeah. play. But, like, he's never just, like, well, no, I shouldn't say never, but he's only done that to my feet, like, once or twice since I've had him. Yeah. I just, like, moved my feet a little bit, and he just went, like, chomp. <laughs> he's just like, ah! And I was like, come on. <laughs> It didn't hurt because of the blanket, yeah. but I was like, okay, you're clearly biting me. <laughs> like, what the hell, dude? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Like, I'm here. We're making eye contact. Steve's a little ass butt sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> we were literally making eye contact. He's like, I'm going to do it mouth. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Ugh. I'm not surprised. Yes. <laughs> That's a cat for you. <laughs> uh. I love cats. Don't get me wrong, but they've definitely got a different attitude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Dean says, I think that if we didn't take its belt and its pens away each year, that, yeah, the whole enchilada would, would have offed itself already. Bobby says, stop trying to wrestle with the big picture, son. You're going to hurt your head. <laughs> Dean grabs a beer out of a cooler and lies on a sofa. It's a really gross sofa. I don't know why he's lying on it. Because <laughs> that's what they've got. <laughs> gross. Bobby says, so what's the gruff? And he sits down at the table next to Sam. Sam says, well, there's been a rash of sightings all over the southern Pine Barrens, a strange, fast-moving, human-like creature. Locals even have a name for it. Sam passes a paper to Bobby. It reads, Jersey Devil Reported, and there is a picture of a creature with wings and webbed feet standing upright on two legs. Bobby says, the Jersey Devil? I thought that was just a local tall tail crap. Sam says, the air... <laughs> Sam says, the area's history of sightings goes back more than two centuries. Some accounts gave it bat wings, others horns, and a tail. Sam gives Bobby another printout and says, um, and oh yeah, a horse's head. Sam shows Bobby another printout. Dean says, of course, the sketch looks more like Chewbacca's head. (laughs) Bobby says, sounds kind of mixed up. Dean says, yeah, kind of like it should be fighting a Japanese robot. (laughs) Sam says, well, mixed up or not, it sounds like it might just have a body count. Sam gives Bobby a newspaper article. Bobby reads, camping high season, harsh by human burrito. Yuck. (laughs) I love that, harshed. Put a little bit of a damper on things. Yeah. (laughs) Sam says, yeah, something hung a camper up in a tree, then ate him alive right through a sleeping bag. His wife hasn't been seen either. Plus, there have been four other missing persons reported in the last three weeks. State troopers, get this, are saying it's a rogue bear. Mm. Dean says, yeah, of course. When was the last time you saw a bear string up its own pinata? Mm. Bobby says, something's out there in the woods. Hey, we're going honest-to-goodness wilderness hunting. I haven't used my 30-30 in a while. He's like, yes. <laughs> yep. 
Dean says, okay, Davy Crockett, well, Safari's going to have to wait till tomorrow, and after our suit and tie dance, we'll make sure this is not just some backwoods crackhead who likes to roll glampers. <laughs> Bobby says, what the hell's a glamper? <laughs> Dean says, not you. <laughs> yeah. Dean says, Sam? Sam says, high-end camper, TV, AC, Wi-Fi, back to nature, zero inconvenience. Bobby says, that's idiotic. Sam says, yeah, some people just don't know how to live. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. I agree. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, like, there's so, just something about camping and being out in the middle of nature, you know? I've done, like, so much camping that, like, I'm good. <laughs> See, I've done a lot of camping, and I'm still not good. I'll still go camp some more. I mean, I'm all for, like, hanging out in the woods and, like, day drinking and, like... <laughs> You know, having fun with your friends. But yeah. at the end of the day, I love to just sleep in a bed in a hotel. <laughs> you know? That ain't it. That's not camping. That's spending the day outside. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> camping I like requires you to sleep outside. <laughs> Don't want to sleep outside. Uh, well, we're, well, we're going to have to at some point. We're going to have to. Killian's going to have to mm-hmm. have some sort of camping experience. Mm-hmm. We can start in our backyard. Okay. And go from there. Like, okay, we're in a tent. <laughs> in just a backyard. And now now we're in a tent somewhere else. Yeah. You know, like, and just kind of move slowly out of civilization. Okay. That's what we'll have to do. <laughs> okay. I don't like it. There's uh, creatures out there that can eat you. Not in the backyard. <laughs> No, but Unless there's some like rabid squirrel or something. But, but further out in nature, you know? <laughs> yeah, but when you go to campsites and stuff, there's not going to be... I mean, there's other people out there. There's not going to be anything out there other than a few rogue bunnies and maybe a deer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, there's just too many people around for like anything of importance to be out there. All right. I don't know <laughs> if I'm convinced, but that's fine. So we cut to inside a Biggerson Sizzling Grill and Bar. It's daytime now. A poster on the wall advertises the new limited time only Pepper Jack Turducken Slammer for $4.99. Sam and Dean are at a table with a ranger who is eating the Turducken Slammer. Dean says, so, Ranger Evans. The ranger says, oh, you can call me Rick. Ranger Rick. <laughs> Dean says, uh, you were the one who found Mitchell Rayburn, correct? Ranger Rick says, the human burrito. Sam says, state police have it down as a bear attack. Ranger Rick says, yeah, I read that whole... St- I read what the state police say. Is- says. <laughs> says. Says. What they say. What they say. <laughs> that was no rogue brown. <clears throat> Dean says, apparently some others reported seeing something a little, you know, weirder. Ranger Rick says, you know, I've been a ranger for 12 years. Tell you the truth, we have no idea what's out there. Big. Lots of trees and whatnot. Tell you this, though. You gotta respect Mother Nature. You respect her, or she's gonna string you up and she'll eat your ass right through the Gore Tex. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Dean says, So you're thinking it's Mother Nature? Ranger Rick says, See, me and Phil, we've been finding uh, something's leftovers for weeks deer remains, badger, missing pets. Sam says, Who's Phil? Ranger Rick says, Assistant Chief Ranger. Come to think of it, I haven't seen Phil in a couple of days. He's supposed to call from whatever station he's checking off. Oh, jeez. Sam says, but you think maybe your assistant chief ranger might be missing? Ranger Rick says, I should probably report that. (laughs) 
Sam and Dean notice that Bobby uh, has entered the restaurant. Dean says, oh, excuse us. Uh, enjoy your lunch, Ranger Rick. <laughs> so Sam and Dean go over to Bobby. Dean says so. Bobby says, well, I took a look at the cadaver, what's left of it. Not a happy camper. <laughs> don't, have any stat- don't have any stats on a Jersey Devil, but the bite radius on the Vicks wounds, it's too small for a Leviathan, and he's still got a ventricle and some change, so I doubt we're talking werewolf. And a Wendigo doesn't leave any scraps. Dean says, hmm, lunch? Bobby says, starving. So Dean waves at a passing waiter and says, hey, uh, Brandon, can we grab a booth? Brandon says, uh, hey, douchewad, a hostess will see you. Do I look like a freaking hostess? <laughs> He's so angry. Like, why is he so angry? He is angry. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dean says, do you want to look like a hostess? Like, I don't get it. What's happening? Brandon walks away, and Sam says, that didn't really make sense, what you just said. <laughs> Dean says, what was that? Bobby says, I sure hope we don't get Brandon's section. So we cut to Brandon putting a Brandon putting a plate down in front of Sam and says, Sidewinder soup and a salad combo goes to Big Bird. <laughs> Brandon puts another plate in front of Dean and says, TDK slammer to Kendall. And Brandon puts a plate down in front of Bobby and says, and a little heart smart uncle. <laughs> Dean says, What's your problem? Brandon says, You are my problem. And Brandon storms away. <laughs> like, what in the world is happening? <laughs> Bobby says, Oh, Brandon's got his flare all up in a bunch. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, there goes his 18%. <laughs> Dean says, anyway, Chief Ranger, I don't think he believes in the Jersey Devil. Sam says, oh, oh, by the way, did he seem a little uh, stoned to you? <laughs> Dean says, Ranger Rick? Yeah, definitely growing his own on the back 40 and smoking all the profits. <laughs> Sam says, he did seem to think that there was something. Dean says, uh, talking with his mouth full, oh, that is a good sandwich. <laughs> Bobby says, what the hell did you get? Dean turns a card on the table advertising the special so Bobby can read it and says, new, and new Pepper Jack Turducken Slammer, limited time only. <laughs> Bobby says, bunch of birds shoved up inside of each other. Shouldn't play God like that. <laughs> Dean says, hey, don't look at me sideways from that, that Chinese chicken geezer salad over there, okay? This is awesome. Like the perfect storm of your top three edible birds. <laughs> Sam says, all right. Anyways, um, the ranger did seem to think there was something out in Wharton Forest. Bobby says, well, then I'd say it's safari time. From across the restaurant, a man says, she's big boned. Brandon (laughs) says, look at her. You're telling me she's not fat. The waiter says, hey. Brandon says, up yours, Mike. Shut it right up yours. Brandon takes off his apron and leaves the restaurant. He's so angry. (laughs) (laughs) Dean says, well, anyways, back to bigger and better things. And he takes another bite of the sandwich. So we cut to the forest. It's daytime still. Uh, Bobby, Dean, and Sam are walking through the woods. They all have rifles. Bobby stops to look at a tuft of hair on a bush and says, couple of bucks, headbutting over turf, probably. Pretty sure the other fellow won. Sam says, I guess I forgot. Before you were a hunter, you were actually a hunter. (laughs) Bobby says, yeah, well, we shot our dinner when I was a kid. Dean says, you used to take us hunting, remember? Dad had a case, he'd just dump us on you. Shoot, you must have taught us more, you must have taught us most of the outdoor tracking we know. Bobby says, yeah, what I could get to stick. I never could get you little grubs to pull a trigger on a single deer. (laughs) Dean says, you're talking about Bambi, man. (laughs) Bobby says, you don't shoot Bambi, jackass. You shoot Bambi's mother. (laughs) Well, actually, you'd shoot his father. (laughs) Yeah. 
I guess in some states you can shoot his mother, but still. Oh, <laughs> sad. Well, deer in certain areas are kind of like large rodents. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So they look up and find a bloodied arm hanging from a tree. Dean says, well, looks like we found Phil. So we cut to nighttime, still in the forest. Ranger Rick arrives in his vehicle. He says, special agents, look, I got your call, but I'm not sure I got what you were saying. Dean points up at the arm. Ranger Rick says, hey, I think we found Phil. Dean <laughs> says, that's what I said. Ranger Rick. Ranger Rick. <laughs> Ranger Rick says, uh, I should probably call this in. Sam says, yeah, yeah, solid move, Rick. As Ranger Rick goes to his vehicle, we hear the sound of a creature moving around in the forest and breathing heavily. Ranger Rick on the radio says, uh, this is Ranger Evans up at Archer Point. Come in. Uh, repeat, this is Chief Ranger Evans. <laughs> He's like, oh, wait. <laughs> My title. <laughs> My title. The woman on the radio says, Chief Ranger, go ahead. Ranger Rick says, I have a situation out at Archer's Point. Bobby says, Ranger, I think we've got company. Ranger Rick says, yeah, who's that? Suddenly, something drags Ranger Rick off into the trees. Sam yells, Ranger! Ranger Evans, Ranger! Bobby says, it's got him up in the trees. Lights off. Bobby, Dean, and Sam point their rifles up at the trees. Bobby turns off the light on his gun. Dean says, what? And he lowers his rifle. Sam says, wait, Bobby, you think that's really a good idea? <laughs> Bobby says, shut up, shut off, and listen. So Sam and Dean lowered their rifles and turn off their spotlights. Bobby says, damn thing's eating Rick. Dean says, man, I liked Rick. <laughs> Sam and Bobby look at Dean. <laughs> They're just like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Dean closes his eyes. No, he doesn't. Bobby closes his eyes <laughs> and aims and fires up into the tree. Uh, a zombie-looking man holding one of Ranger Rick's arms falls to the ground. Yuck. That thing is gross looking, too. Yeah, his eyes were all, like, blue, gooey looking. Weird. And, and yeah, luminescent almost. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, his... He looked like fly a Fly boy is a thing, right? Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Fly... There's, like, a... Was it a... Sh- t- no, not a show. It would have been maybe a movie that there is, like... Um, I could totally be lying. For some reason, that's in my head, though. But, yeah, no, it, like, his face kind of reminds me of a bug. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it does. (laughs) It does. And I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. Dean says, wow, nice shot, Bobby. Sam says, seriously. Bobby says, we all got our gifts. (laughs) Dean says, what about the rest of Ranger Rick? Bobby says, Ranger called in his 1020. His own will find him. We got crap to do. So we cut to the house that the boys are squatting in. Sam and Dean put on uh, put the zombie man on the table. Bobby says, built like a supermodel, but the thing was strong. That's for <laughs> damn sure. Carried a full-grown man up a tree and nothing flat. Sam says, but it only took one bullet to bring it down. Dean says, and not even a silver bullet, just a bullet bullet. <laughs> Suddenly, the creature sits up and then stands up on the table. Sam, Dean, and Bobby shoot it repeatedly. It falls back down on the table dead. Bobby says, first one must have just stunned it. Dean says, all right, well, let's check its Hulk pants for some ID. (laughs) Dean takes a wallet out of the creature's pants. It's all bloody. Dean says, oh, that is just going to ruin the leather. (laughs) That's what you're concerned about. Okay. (laughs) Sam takes the wallet from Dean. Bobby says, are you feeling okay? Dean says, yeah, I feel great. (laughs) Sam reads, Gerald Browder, lived here in town, 5'9", brown hair, blue eyes, 235 pounds. 
Dean says, whoa. They all look at the man who clearly does not weigh 235 pounds. <laughs> he weighs like maybe 100 looking yeah. like, you know, yeah. Bobby says, well, apparently he's lost a little pudge. <laughs> Dean says, maybe it's a lap band side effect. <laughs> Dean laughs. What? Sam just looks at Dean. <laughs> And then Bobby pokes a stick inside one of the bullet wounds in the van. When he pulls it out, gray goo dribbles from it. Did I say grew? Grew. Gray grew. <laughs> gray grew. Gray goo drips from it. Bobby says, what the hell? I think we better have a look under Gerald's hood. So we cut to Bobby and Sam examining the creature's open chest cavity. Bobby says, God, its organs are swimming in this stuff. Dean walks into the room and pours himself a glass of whiskey. Dean says, are you guys getting hungry? I'm hungry. Sam says, what's that? <laughs> Bobby says, his stomach. For a guy on a diet, Jerry here packed it in pretty good. Sam says, that's human right there. Bobby says, that's fresh Rick. Let's see, a pine cone? Pack of gum in the wrapper? Sam says, that's, uh, that's older. Maybe like our maybe Ranger Phil or the camper. <laughs> Bobby says, what's that? Sam says, looks like, yeah, that's a, that's a cat's head. Bobby says, a glamper or two is one thing, but you gotta be damn hungry to eat a cat's head. Sam says, "Mm mm-hmm. And a pine cone. And a pine cone. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I feel like I would think that the cat head would, for like animals, would be a little bit more, you know, understandable than a pine cone. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Bobby says, well, look at here. I'm no Dr. Oz, but he takes a large, lumpy black object out of the man's body and says, I think that's his adrenal glands. Sam says, okay, and? Bobby says, meant to be the size of a hotel bar of soap and bright orange. Bobby and Sam wince at the smell of the funky. (laughs) (laughs) Sam says, okay, all right, that might help explain the strength. Um, But whatever this thing is, it's not the Jersey Devil, but it sure as hell ain't Gerald Browder anymore. Dean says, okay, guys, seriously, is it time for dinner? So we cut to Biggerson's restaurant. Dean is eating the turducken sandwich again. Bobby and Sam are only drinking coffee. Sam is reading from the New Jersey Police Missing Persons Agency website on his laptop. Sam says, Gerald Browder, 35, self-employed, air conditioning repairman. Sam starts looking at a website for Browder Air Conditioning. Gerald Browder was the owner-operator. Sam says, missing person number three, disappeared eight days ago. Bobby says, well, that explains all the people who got eaten, eaten in the last eight days. Sam says, yeah, question is, what happened to him? Dean starts. Oh, Goddamn! Sorry, he's like a thunk. Yeah. <laughs> Dean starts groaning as he eats his sandwich. Sam says, "Dean, uh, so what do you think?" Mm-hmm. Dean, talking with his mouthful, says, "I'm not that worried about it." Bobby says, "Excuse me." Dean says, "That's funny, right? I could give two shakes of a rat's ass. Is that right? <laughs> do rats shake their ass, or is it something else?" <laughs> eh. <laughs> Sam looks around the restaurant and sees that most of the customers are eating the same sandwich. Sam says, give me that, and he snatches the sandwich away from Dean. Dean says, whoa, whoa, why? Mm-hmm. Bobby says, there's some funky chicken in the TDK summer, ain't there? Sam says, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sam sniffs the sandwich and makes a face. So mm-hmm. we, we cut back to the squatting house. Bobby sets the sandwich, which is wrapped in foil in the shape of a swan, <laughs> down Pretty on the impressive. table. Yeah. I thought so, too. Mm-hmm. Dean says, this is stupid. My sandwich didn't do anything. I don't know what you think you're going to (laughs) find. Sam unwraps the sandwich. Bobby says, there's something wrong with you, Dean. Dean says, are you kidding? I'm fine. I actually feel great. The Mm -hmm. best I've felt in a couple months. Cass? Black goo? 
I don't even care anymore. <laughs> and you know what's even better? I don't care that I don't care. <laughs> I just want my damn slammer back. <laughs> Sam says, dude, you are completely stoned, just like Ranger Rick was. Bobby says, just like the dinner rush back at Biggerson's, and everybody's loving the turducken. Suddenly, Grey Goo oozes out from the sandwich. Dean says, I think you pissed off my sandwich. <laughs> More goo dribbles out. Dean says, that's in me? Sam says, only half of it. Bobby <laughs> says, plus, well, plus one. That's true. One and a half. One and a half, <laughs> yep. Bobby says, does that snot look familiar? Sam says, okay, so whatever turned Jerry Browder into a pumpkin head and is currently turning Dean into an idiot, <laughs> Dean says, I'm right here. Right here. <laughs> They're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. Bobby says, is it a turducken slammer at Biggerson's? Sam says, yeah. Bobby says, it's in the meat. Dean says, if I wasn't so chilled out right now, I would puke. <laughs> He's like, I care, but I can't care. But I don't care. Yeah. So we cut to the boys stalking out the receiving entrance to Biggerson's. Sam says, how's he doing? Bobby is in the driver's seat, and Sam's in the passenger seat of the van. Dean is in the back asleep. Bobby says, he's sleeping it off, tryptophan coma. Sam says, so you think he's okay? Bobby says, yeah, he's all right. Sam says, good, so you don't worry about him? Bobby says, what do you mean, before the turducken? <laughs> Sam says, yeah, yeah, I kind of mean like, uh, more like ever since my head broke and we lost Cass. I mean, you ever feel like he's going through the same motions, but he's not the same Dean, you know? Bobby says, how could he be? Sam says, right, yeah, but what if... Bobby says, what if what, Sam? You know, you worry about him. All he does is worry about you. Who's left to live their own life here? The two of you. Aren't you full up just playing Snuffleupagus with the devil all the live long? Snuffleupagus. <laughs> Sam says, I don't know, Bobby. Seeing Lucifer's fine with me. Bobby says, come again? Sam says, look, I'm not saying it's fun. I mean, to be honest with you, I kind of see it as the best case scenario. I mean... And Sam presses the hand he injured in an early, earlier episode and says, at least all my crazies under one umbrella, you know? I kind of know what I'm dealing with. A lot of people got it worse. Bobby says, you always were one deep little son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, wait, 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 here we go. A delivery truck is backing up to Biggerson's receiving entrance. The truck driver gets out and the wheels the carton and wheels a carton. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to take a drink of my monster real quick. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> hmm. Okay. And wheels cartons from the truck into the restaurant, then gets back into the truck and drives away. The side of the truck reads, Midwest Meat and Poultry Wholesale Distribution. Bobby says, well, I guess we follow him. So we cut to a parking lot outside of a NE Law Center. A woman walks to her car. She screams as Brandon runs out from the trees and tackles her to the ground. A car pulls up and a man visible only from the chest down gets out, walks over to Brandon, and knocks him away from the woman. He, he's been getting the turducken. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to outside a warehouse. The Midwest meat truck pulls up to the warehouse and parks. Sam, Bobby, and Dean are watching from their van. Sam is using binoculars. Sam says, that's weird, right? I mean... National franchise like Biggerson's getting meat from a place that looks like it wholesales Hong Kong knockoffs? <laughs> Dean says, yeah, okay, it's a little weird. The truck driver goes inside the warehouse. Sam says, all right, well, I guess we wait till they close up shop and go take a look around. Bobby says, hang on. A car pulls up to the warehouse and Edgar gets out. The truck driver comes back out of the warehouse. Sam says, no. And we get a flashback of Edgar getting smashed by the falling car. He oozed. 
Yeah, <laughs> he got smashed and oozy, and then he oozed back inside himself. He was like a gusher. <laughs> <laughs> I love gushers. I do too. <laughs> now I'm going to think about Edgar when I eat a gusher. Oh, no. <laughs> Hopefully black, black, blah, blah, black goo doesn't come out of... The, the gusher, but because then you have to ones. be worried. There's purple gushers. Yeah, but they don't have black goo coming out of them. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Now we need some to find out. <laughs> I've never seen a gusher with black stuff coming out of it. Well, the purple is very dark. <laughs> dark right? purple is different than black. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll do some science and find out. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing things for science <laughs> Sam says Edgar Dean says Leviathans Edgar opens up the trunk of his car and helps out Brandon whose head is covered with a hood the truck driver takes Brandon by the arm and leads him into the warehouse Dean says son of a bitch Bobby says what the hell is going on so we cut to inside the warehouse Edgar says put him with the others if you don't mind Dr. Gaines is there. He says, Edgar, follow me. I've been so busy with this experiment, I didn't even realize you were back. It's, a uh, big stuff. Edgar says, I'm back because of the experiment. What's happening? You said, the, you said you were refining the formula. Dr. Gaines says, yes, absolutely, and it's going great. The absorption rate is up in the lower concentrations. <laughs> I stalled out there. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> okay. I do it all the time. <laughs> what am I playing footsie with? Oh, it's your backpack. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was Steve for a second. Nope. Okay. Um, He'd bite your toes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he would. Little punk nugget. <laughs> Come on. Yep. Huh. It's true. <laughs> okay. Um, Edgar says, but it didn't solve our little issue with adverse reactions. Dr. Gaines says, well, no, not 100%. The truck driver puts Brandon into a cage next to some other cages holding people and removes his hood. Edgar looks at the cages and says, burn them. Dr. Gaines says, what? But they represent crucial test data where the additive formula went wrong, where my initial projections failed. Edgar says, dick is coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to which I lull. <laughs> I wonder how many times the actors had to like go through that. Oh, probably so many. They, yeah. I mean, how do you keep a straight face? You don't. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once the joke got old is when they were able to handle yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't get old for a long time. Unless they were, you know, being professional or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know what that is. Uh, Dr. Gaines says to the truck driver, burn them. So we cut to outside the warehouse. It's now daytime. Dean and Bobby are sitting in the van. Bobby has his phone on speaker. Sam on the phone says, there's nothing happening back here at all. Bobby says, yeah, okay, Sam. Well, they're pretty dug in, so why don't you finish circling and head on back? Sam says, right. Bobby hangs up. Bobby says to Dean, how's your head? Dean says, well, I think the slammer's pretty much wore off. In between that and the 20 cups of coffee, I'm nicely tense and alarmed. Bobby says, I wasn't talking about that. Dean says, oh, Bobby, don't. Don't go all Sigmund Freud on me right now, okay? I just got drugged by a sandwich. Bobby says, mm -hmm. I want to talk about your new party line. Dean says, party? What are you talking about? I don't even vote. Bobby said, the world's a suicide case. We save it. It just steals more pills. Dean says, Bobby, I'm here, okay? I'm on the case. What's the problem? <laughs> Bobby says, I've seen a lot of hunters live and die. You're starting to talk like one of the dead ones, Dean. Dean says, no, I'm talking the way a person talks when they've had it, when they can't figure out why they used to think all this mattered. Bobby says, oh, you poor, sorry. You're not a person. 
Dean says, thanks. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> Bobby, yeah, Bobby says, come on now. You tried to hang it up and be a person with Lisa and Ben, and now here you are with a mean old coot and a van full of guns. <laughs> that ain't person behavior, son. Mm-mm. You're a hunter, meaning you're whatever the job you're doing today. Now you got a case of the Ann Sexton's. Something's going to come up behind you and rip your fool head off. Now you find your reasons and get back in the game. I don't care if it's love or spite or a $10 bet. I've been to enough funerals. I mean it. You die before me and I'll kill you. (laughs) Dean says, we need to scrape some money together and get you a condo or something. Uh, He's like, you should retire, buddy. (laughs) Sam gets back into the truck or into the van and says, hey, something's up. Two black SUVs pull up as Edgar and Dr. Gaines walk out of the building. Dick Roman gets out of the second SUV. Bobby says, well, I'll be a squirrel in a skirt. (laughs) Dick freaking Roman. Dean says, what? Who the hell is Dick friggin' Roman? <laughs> so we cut to a television clip. The headline reads, The Rise of Dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. The <laughs> 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 reporter says, Billionaire Dick Roman, seen here at a recent press conference, has been on the corporate takeover warpath in the last several months and shows no signs of relenting. Dick Roman, during a press conference, says, I believe in good old American values, like unlimited growth. But it's like I always say, if you want to win, then you got to be the shark. And a shark's got to eat. Well, that's a great question. Yes, we have made new acquisitions. I don't believe in hostile takeovers. I believe in merging and coming out on top. <laughs> the report- in other words... <laughs> Same thing. You're just, you know, you You're don't know that's happening. Dirt. Yep. <laughs> the reporter says, whether at the helm of his American Cup-winning yacht or one of his Fortune 500 companies, Roman has never shied away from the spotlight. Roman's record-breaking, record-breaking series of motivational <laughs> seminars, when in Rome, have outsold every other money-making program on the market. A vocal member of the NRA and a steadfast supporter of the Second Amendment, Roman has started attracting some conservative political attention as well. Roman is ruthless, but good-looking. I think he'll make a great candidate. Roman, in an interview, says, Another great question. No, I'm not running for political office at this time, but I do have a number one bestseller. What a dick. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, he, he is a dick. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's even in his name. <laughs> it's in the name. It's all right there. It's all spelled out. <laughs> the camera pans out, and we see that this television clip has been playing on Sam's laptop. Dean says, holy crap, what the hell is that? Sam says, that's one of the top 50 most powerful men in America, Dean. Dean says, says here, top 35 as of last month. Now it's all making sense. Remember when Crowley kept going on about hating Dick? <laughs> I thought he was just being general. <laughs> <laughs> that, like what, okay, what situation <laughs> are you thinking is <laughs> Like, is it happening here, buddy? Like, I, like, I just imagine Crowley going off like, I, I hate Dick. <laughs> he just came out of hell, so I mean, you never know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Bobby says, well, if the Leviathan got to him, then that means they're playing on a much bigger board than we were thinking. Sam says, so what then? I mean, we can't exactly outgun them. Bobby says, no, but we got the drop on them means we got a chance to figure out what these guys are really doing here. Dean looks at some surveillance equipment Bobby is putting together and says, Whoa, where'd you get that mother? Bobby says, It's on loan from Frank's Big Brother collection. It'll pick up vocal vibrations from window glass at half a mile. It's time to find out what these ugly bastards are up to. So we cut to a room inside the warehouse 
It's set up like a living room. A woman, a boy, and a man are eating Biggerson sandwiches in front of the television. Uh, Dick Roman, Dr. Gaines, and a woman are watching them through an observation window. The camera angle changes and we see that there is an old woman in the room who is leaning back in the armchair with her eyes closed. Dr. Gaines says, the food additive that I've introduced into the Tradecan has a near 100% rate of effectiveness. Once the subject tries it, they crave more within a few hours. With the very first dose, it starts to work on their DNA, slowing their metabolism, causing weight gain, and dampening their emotional range, which makes them perfectly complacent. As you can see, they have yet to notice that grandma is no longer with us. Or that they're watching eye surgery during dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are. They're, I don't that know what type gross. of eye surgery it is, but there's definitely some surgery happening on some eyeballs. Yeah. And they're just like munching away, staring at it. Just, nope. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yep. No thanks. Dr. Gaines says, true, if you leave out a cooked patty for more than an hour, it reverts back to a somewhat uh, unappealing state. But I have yet to have a case of leftovers. Dick says, you know what I love? I mean, besides handball and a really crisp Chardonnay, I love (laughs) progress. And I know that progress comes from collaboration, which is what makes moments like this so thrilling. Dr. Gaines says, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Dick says, now what can you tell me about your failures? Dr. Gaines says, hmm? My what? (laughs) What? (laughs) Dick says, the ones that went off the rails after they ate your little treats. Dr. Gaines says, I, um, they're, uh, they've been very instructive. <laughs> Dick says, no, see, I asked for complacency, not complacency and a 0.03 margin of hyperadrenalized cannibalism. <laughs> Dr. Gaines says, I will have this under control. The woman holds up a newspaper. Dick reads, camping high season harshed by human burrito. <laughs> have I ever mentioned how I feel about our little forays making the papers? But again, collaboration, progress. I want to turn this little mistake into a big, fat, teachable moment. Will you help me with that? Dr. Gaines says, well, yes, of course. So we cut to outside the warehouse. Sam and Dean are in the van. Dean is holding a cell phone on speaker. Dean says, our side's still dead, Bobby. Anything with you? Bobby is outside on a building with his surveillance equipment and binoculars. Bobby says, yeah, same here. I got, hold on. Yeah, I got movement. My side, second floor, meeting room. So we cut to inside the second floor meeting room. Dick enters, followed by the woman, Dr. Gaines, and Edgar. The woman says, and I'll reschedule with the senator for lunch Tuesday. You can deal with the archdiocese. I said that wrong. How do you say that? Diocese. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time that word comes up, we have this conversation. Dick says, fine. Bobby is able to hear the conversation through his surveillance equipment. Dr. Gaines says, Dick, please, let me explain to you what our program has to offer. Dick says, no, let me explain why we're shutting your program down. Dick says, we're shutting it down? No, you can't. Dick says, I'm shutting it down because of the one golden rule. Do you know it? Dr. Gaines says, yes, don't make the papers. And I promise that Dick says, no, the golden rule is there's no such thing as monsters. Anything stirs their little pots to the contrary. Very bad for our plans. So how can I use your mistake to communicate this to all your coworkers? Dr. Gaines says, listen, sir, I will do anything. I will give anything to make this right. Dick says, I know you will. He's like, and you will. (laughs) The woman opens a briefcase and takes out some folded plastic. Dr. Gaines looks at Edgar, who shrugs. Dr. Gaines says, you're bibbing me? (laughs) He sits down. The woman unfolds the bib and ties it around Dr. Gaines' neck. Dick says, do you know what you can give us, doctor? Your example. Dr. Gaines holds his hand up to his face with his fingers pointing towards his mouth. Outside in the van, Dean says to Bobby, what's happening now? Bobby says, wait. 
Inside the meeting room, Dick says, Now, Doc, it's time. Dr. Gase's... Dr. Gase? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dr. Gaines's face transforms into his Leviathan mouth. Outside, Bobby says, Now I have officially seen it all. <laughs> Sam says, Bobby, what is it? Bobby says, He's making the doctor eat himself. Dean says, What? Bobby says, He's... But then suddenly the truck driver appears in front of Bobby and punches him, knocking him out. So we cut to Dean and Sam finding Bobby's broken surveillance equipment on the roof. Dean says, they got him. Sam says, Dean, there are at least four Leviathan out there. We don't even know how to kill one. A van pulls up. The side of it says, Acme Industrial Cleaning. Dean says, well, it'll be quite a shock when we walk through the front door, won't it? So we cut back to the meeting room. It's night now. Dick is signing papers at a desk. A sign on the wall behind him reads, Richard Roman Enterprises. The woman says, we'll have the jet on standby at O'Hare, Thursday morning. You close on the land acquisition in Gleason. Dick says, fine. The woman says, and this came this afternoon. The woman hands Dick a wooden box and says, Soothbees. Softbees? <laughs> There's just something about that sentence. She, hold, she hands Dick a wooden box. <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense, but it's hilarious. It, it like very almost makes sense. <laughs> I mean, wooden. <laughs> it's wooden. It could just be wood on the outside. <laughs> What's on the inside? Fleshlight. <laughs> oh, have you ever seen, oh, what is it? I think it's like SNL or something, the dick in a box. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's a dick in a box. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> have you seen their video jizz in my pants yeah i think so that's my very favorite one that they've ever done <laughs> uh, i don't remember if it was like snl or who it was if it was mad tv or something but like i remember it was um some sort of ooh. I don't even remember honestly what it was about, but it was just, so I threw it on the ground. <laughs> and I like quote that all the time, especially if I drop something, like I'll be at work and I'll like drop whatever and they'll look at me and I'm like, so I threw it on the ground. <laughs> just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I'm gonna leave Everybody now. looks at you, I'm sure. <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> when, um, when Just In My Pants first came out, I showed it to a guy and he got so uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, this is the funniest thing. You're going to love this. You're going to laugh. And he just like sat there like with what his legs crossed the whole time. <laughs> And it was just, and at the end, he was like, "That was cool." He's like, "I feel cool now." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I thought you'd find that funny." He was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's funny." Yeah, funny. That's what it is. <laughs> I was like, "This is funny." <laughs> like, this is great. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so Bobby is sitting in an armchair near the desk, pretending to still be unconscious. Dick says, "Outstanding. Thank you, Susan." Oh, and Susan. She says, hmm? She says, uh, ta-ta. No, Dick says, ta-ta. This doesn't make sense. And he gestures, um... Ta-ta. Oh, ta-ta. It's not... It's like ta-ta, not ta-ta. Well, maybe they don't know how to spell. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it doesn't matter. (laughs) Also. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
So he gestures at the bib on the armchair. Susan picks up the bib, which is covered in black goo. She leaves the room. Dick says to Bobby, No, you're not tied up. Why waste the effort? We both know that you're not going to get past me. How's your head? Bobby says, So you got Dick Roman. (laughs) Dick says, We can have whoever we want. We could have you, for example, if you were worth the effort. Bobby says, Oh, you're hurting my feelings. (laughs) Dick says, Well, it's a hard world, Bob. It's an us-eat-dog world. Bobby says, What do you got there? Dick takes the gun out of the box and says, Winning bid at an auction. Beautiful. Known for their peerless sighting. I imagine you appreciate guns. Bobby says, I'd appreciate one right about now. (laughs) He's like, "Um, can I blow a hole through you, please? Yeah. (laughs) Dick loads the gun with bullets from the box and says, oh, hoo-hoo. I mean, but the machine, the idea, just one of your species' most inspired inventions. I mean, I really think you guys have spunk. You're like a planet. You're like a planet. (laughs) I'm just, (laughs) this doesn't make sense. (laughs) I'm just the cutest little engines that could. But like the late, great, actual Dick Roman used to say to the horse he'd kick out of the presidential suite, cute, but don't quite hack it, sugar. Ooh. Jeez. <laughs> Dick points the gun at Bobby. Bobby says, oh, let's just cut to the chase. I clearly ain't worth the extra time I'm getting here. Dick says, I'm going to eat you, Bob. Yes, but I like my meals prepared. Besides, holding on to you could pay big dividends. I bet your friends are on their way to rescue the damsel. Bobby says, nah, they're too smart. They know they don't have the numbers. It'd be suicide. I've run my race could die worse so we cut to inside the warehouse edgar and the truck driver are walking with two men in suits who look like bodyguards dean and san enter carrying pressure sprayers uh yeah pressure sprayers they spray the bodyguards edgar and the truck driver who all start uh that sounds weird edgar and the truck driver uh all start to scream and moan as their skin burns borax for the win yep (laughs) yep so we cut back to the second floor meeting room. Dick and Bob be here. <laughs> I'm having a rough time. It's I'm, fine. I'm going to drink some more Monster. We both are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this, this whole morning nonsense is just for the dogs. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I was like talking to Eric on the phone and I was like when should I wake up for Shell and he was like well when'd you go to sleep and I was like you know like two and he was like we'll wake her up at 10 and I was like but we have to podcast and do stuff to the house and go to the other house and, and stuff and things and stuff <laughs> and things yeah and he was like okay so go wake her up and I was like no <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so Dick and Bobby here screaming Dick says to Bobby, I'd stay in the chair. And Dick puts the gun into his pants and leaves the room. (laughs) Bobby gets up and looks at the folders uh, containing plans and maps from a briefcase on Dick's desk and loads the second gun from the box. Bobby says, okay, sons of bitches, see what you're up to now. You're coming with me. And he takes the folders and gun. As he gets to the door, Susan opens it and knocks him down. Bobby drops the gun, but is able to grab it and shoots Susan in the face. Bobby runs out of the office. Uh, we cut to inside the warehouse. Dick is wiping his burning face with a handkerchief. <laughs> Sam drops his empty pressure sprayer and backs into a corner. Dick walks towards him, his face healing, and says, Sam, that is not how we communicate from a place of yes. <laughs> that was bracing. Where'd you kids find this stuff? Suddenly Bobby is there. Um, 
Bobby shoots Dick in the back twice. Dick says, hey, that's mine. Dean throws more cleaning liquid onto Dick from behind. <laughs> Dick starts to sizzle and burn. <laughs> oh, no. Dean says, I know, right? That is not a good sign. You need some ointment, sir. <laughs> there is something that's wrong. Seriously wrong. <laughs> Dean says, go, go. <laughs> so Sam and Dean run out of the room. Dick says, would you stop it with that stuff? Bobby follows Sam and Dean, but a large bodyguard blocks his way. Outside the warehouse, Sam and Dean pull up to the door in their van. Sam says, damn it, where's Bobby? Inside the warehouse, Bobby grabs the hook and swings it at the bodyguard. Black goose splatters onto the wall. Bobby runs out of the warehouse and heads to the van. Sam says, Bobby, come on, come on. Bobby opens the side sliding door of the van. Dick comes out of the warehouse and pulls out his gun. Bobby gets into the van and says, go, go. Dick shoots. Bobby closes the door. Dick shoots two more times. (laughs) (laughs) What a marathon. I know. (laughs) That's rare. drives away. <laughs> Dean says, son of a bitch, I'm glad you got in. He almost took your freaking head off. Sam holds up Bobby's hat and says, hey, Bobby, your hat. Bobby doesn't respond. Sam notices that there's a bullet hole in the hat. He and Dean look back in the van. Sam says, Bobby? Oh, God, Bobby. Bobby. Dean says, Bobby? <laughs> and credits. And credits. <laughs> uh, not Bobby! No. Uh. Okay, so I don't remember a whole lot of this episode other than the whole, like, turducken thing. Yeah. Which I was kind of, like, and I kind of vaguely remember, like, the end of the episode, especially, like, in the warehouse, but that was it. I was really surprised, like, because this is kind of an important episode. Yeah. So. Yeah, I didn't remember that that happened to Bobby in this episode. Yeah. Mm -mm. Or that that doctor got bibbed. So we see what bibbing is. I remember time. that. I do remember the bibbing part of it. But that, yeah, there's there's not much, though, that I remember from this episode. Yeah. But, um, also, okay, if there is something that is going to get you through food, Dean is going to get got <laughs> every time. Yes. That <laughs> is true. He can't help himself. Yes. It's just, oh, food? Okay. You know, like, he just, he's like a... Like those, that video of, we haven't seen, or I shouldn't say video, but that clip, I guess, of Dean in a later episode with powdered donut. We haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah. But, (laughs) yeah. Yep. (laughs) Uh, He's just, it's always the food. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, like, I guess they kind of like went over it a little bit is like okay you know there's a failure rate of like people that go crazy with the traducan instead yeah, of you know, whatever and start going cannibal yeah. yeah but you would think that brandon especially like because he was eating the traducan obviously would have you know calmed down but that would make sense why he was so like angsty and just like pissed at everybody yeah. because his i mean if your adrenaline is like going that high but also okay i feel like that would just induce a panic attack not oh, make you angry yeah. you know like yeah he must be a really angry dude to begin with and then his adrenaline went and he just freaked out too yeah. like yeah and could not handle it but anyways um what was your favorite moment 
Oh. This one. Cock. <laughs> Dick. Dick. <laughs> um, I think you should probably go first. I need a minute to think about it. So... I, my favorite moment was when Bobby was like, there's a bunch of birds shoved up in each other. You shouldn't play God like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, oh, there was another one that I feel like, um, oh, the rise of Dick. That was The good. rise of Dick. That was great. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's like, and they didn't say it. It was just like shown on like a TV screen. screen or something. Yeah. yeah but I was just kind of like, <laughs> I was watching that with my mom in the room and I was laughing and she was like, what? And I was just like, nothing. <laughs> it's fine. Nothing. I can't talk, talk about dicks about with you, mom. Yeah, Sorry. Like, it's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. Um, so my favorite moment was probably when Dean was like talking about how, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, I feel great. You know, casts, Leviathans, like whatever. Like, I don't even care. And you know what? I don't even care that I don't care. (laughs) What a luxury. Yeah. It just sounds amazing to feel that way. (laughs) I'm jealous. You need to get high. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do. (laughs) So, our interesting facts from this episode. Um, It says, when Dean questions um, why he should care anymore, Bobby says, you get a case of the Anne Sexton, something's going to come up behind you and rip your full head off. Um, He's referring to the Pulitzer Prize winning poet who wrote, or Pulitzer, right? Yep. Okay. I was like, "Eh, it doesn't seem right. Um, A poet who wrote about her depression and suicidal tendencies. Um, it says, Bobby asked Sam, um, aren't you just full up playing Snuffleupagus? <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> With the devil all the live long. Um, in the early years of Sesame Street, Big Bird was the only one who could see Snuffleupagus. Okay, so like, was Big Bird like tripping all the time? Uh, yeah. Like. It was like his imaginary friend who then like. But he burst, is an imaginary friend. into being, Yeah. <laughs> strange that weird. <laughs> how can an imaginary friend have an imaginary friend because well i guess he's not an imaginary friend but you know he what is there's a-, a supernatural episode about that so we'll get there yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is true <laughs> the things that happen in supernatural <laughs> although the imaginary friend doesn't have an imaginary friend necessarily he just, just has friends because they're all imaginary. they're all imaginary that's right so what would that mean that an imaginary friend had an imaginary friend Yes. Because they're both imaginary friends. I think, yes. Just not to each other. I think it's valid that they're all imaginary, so they have imaginary friends. (laughs) Okay. I keep saying the word imaginary, and now it's just sounding weird. Yeah. I'm a little confused. (laughs) So am I. So it says, the van that carries detergents has Acme... um, as the company name on it. Um, Acme is... I almost said Acne. <laughs> I think I said Acne when I was reading the... Oh, I didn't notice it if yeah, you did. I think I did. Oh. <laughs> um, it says, Acme is the fictional corporation featured mainly on Looney Tunes cartoons, um, mainly on Roadrunner cartoons, uh, where the products are made by Acme. Um, both Looney Tunes and Supernatural are owned by Warner Brothers. Hmm. Okay. I didn't know that they were tied yeah. together that way. Um, when the waiter in the diner is being rude, Bobby says, what's got his flair in a bunch? Um, this is a reference to the Mike Judge film Office Space from 1999. Have you seen that movie? Nope. Oh, that's a good one to see. Is it a scary movie? Is it a funny movie? No, it's a funny movie. Yeah, it's kind of a dark comedy. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've even really heard of it, but there's a lot of things that I don't know. That's all right. <laughs> so, whatever. Yeah. Um, it says, when Dick says, a place of yes, he's quoting Bethany Frankel's A Place of Yes, 10 Rules for Getting Everything You Want Out of Life. Um, the title is a reference to the self-help book How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Mm-hmm. Um Ranger Rick scoffs at the t- uh, the state police report claiming bear attack, saying that was no rogue brown. Um, the closest a brown bear gets to New Jersey is Montana. <laughs> brown hmm. bears are grizzlies and polar bears. What? What? That doesn't make any sense. Nope. The eastern states only have black bears. Hmm. Okay. I'd like to know who wrote that fact. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't know anything about bears, and it's very possible that they could be telling the truth, but I feel like there's more brown bears other than just... Travis would know the answer to that question, I uh, feel like. Really, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I'll have to ask him. Um, it says, Ranger Rick is a children's nature magazine. Um, it's the fourth episode to not feature the Impala, and it's the third episode in a row to not feature it. Um, in a clip where Dick Roman appears on the news for a press conference applauding his aggressive and successful corporate takeovers, a tagline, or the tagline reads, The Rise of Dick, which is an obvious double entendre. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, it says, Bobby has a spy-type listening device that will pick up vocal vibrations from window glass at a half a mile. Uh, the prop used in the episode is a simple parabolic microphone, which has an operating range of less than 300 feet of open air and crappy sensitivity to low-frequency sounds. <laughs> there are laser microphones that can hear through windows, um, or in quotes, hear through windows at thousands of feet, but they can, but they look more like anorexic cameras than anything else. Oh my! Okay. Somebody was trying to have their funnies. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. So our research from or for today is, I mean, the Jersey Devil because, well, yeah, as you do, right? Um, and this is off of all that's interest. Wait, all that's interesting. dot com, um, and the title is "The Chilling Legend of the Jersey Devil: The Horse-Headed Beast with Wings." <laughs> Hmm. Lovely. <laughs> um, it says, The story of the Jersey Devil allegedly dates back to 1735, when a cursed woman named Mother Leeds gave birth to her 13th child. No. No, thanks. My grandpa was one of 14. Oh, my God. And my grandma was one of seven. On my mom's side. Yeah. So, like... That's insane. The amount of cousins that my mom has is, like, close to 50, I think. Jesus. And, like, the amount of, like, second cousins or anything. Like, oh, I don't even... Like, how do you even keep track? Yeah. It's got to be well over 100. That's crazy. I don't know any of them, really. Yeah. I mean, I know one of my mom's cousins, who's also named Rochelle. Mm-hmm. And... Honestly, I think that's it. It's very possible that I've met other people, but I don't remember them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's probably when I was younger. Where do they live? Like, what state? Well, the family... So, my grandpa, who's one of 14, his family originally lived in South Dakota. I don't know. I, I would assume that maybe that's where my grandma's family lived, too, mm-hmm. I think. My, and so, I don't totally know. But there's a lot of, like, double cousins on that side. So, like two brothers so like you have two brothers that are you know obviously the brothers and then you have two sisters in another family and then each brother marries the sister from so it's like they're it's not it's not weird it's just multiple so like if like so if you had two boys and I had two girls 
each one of my girls would marry each one of your boys. Okay, got it. So, and so they're like double cousins because they're like Brother double sister. related, yeah. you know. I see what you're so saying, So it's yeah. not like a weird like, yeah. <laughs> ding, ding, you know. Yeah, I, was, I was like, mm. No, it's just because there were so many, you know, kids. There's bound to be, you know, somebody right. who marries, you know, somebody who's, yeah, it's just, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Yeah. But I forgot where I was going with that. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I got distracted. But yeah, so that, what was I doing with that? Well, you were reading about the Jersey Devil. They came from South Dakota. For se- Why was that important? I don't know. We're moving along. Okay, okay. we're going back to the research because I have no idea what's happening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it says, With the head of a horse... The wings of a bat and the talons befitting, or and talons befitting a dragon, the Jersey Devil has terrorized the imaginations of New Jersey residents for nearly 300 years. It's commonly believed that the, demo- that the demonic being was the cursed progeny of a bewitched Quaker woman and escaped to the bogs where it could be heard wailing and slaughtering local prey. Um, like any folktale, the true story of the Jersey Devil is steeped in mystery and speculation, but the legend is vivid enough that in 1909 it inspired real fear. Many contend that the Jersey Devil wreaks havoc on the New Jersey wetlands to this day. Um, Before it was known as the Jersey Devil, the creature was more commonly called the Leeds Devil. Um, The origin of this name has a few different backstories. Um, One legend maintains that in 1735, a destitute New Jersey woman referred to as Mother Leeds became pregnant with her 13th child. Leeds' husband was reportedly a drunkard who was unable to properly provide for his large family. Desperate, Mother Leeds cried out, let this child be the devil. Which, why? Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Like, how is that going to solve your problem? Exactly. That would, in fact, create more problems, I feel like. Yeah. Not solve anything. Um, It says, on a stormy night, months later, Mother Leeds gave birth to a normal-looking baby boy. But then, before the midwives and Mother Leeds' 12 other children, the infant transformed into a winged beast with with a long tail and talons. Uh, Mother Leeds is said to have tried to confine the beast to her home, but it grew quickly and viciously and killed her one day before escaping into the woods. Hmm. Um, In another version of the Jersey Devil's origin story, Mother Leeds was allegedly a witch who claimed that the father of her child was the devil himself. Yet another tale claims that a young Leeds... What? A young Leeds point... What does that mean? I have no idea. Um, New Jersey girl fell in love with a British soldier okay that okay um when the americans and british went to war local townsfolk cursed the girl for her affair with the soldier consequently when she gave birth to the soldier's child it was a demonic beast that uh, became known as the Leeds devil <clears throat> i still don't get the connection there though mm-hmm. anyway um it says a third variation on the tale tells of a young woman who refused to give food to a begging gypsy The gypsy cursed her, and years later, the woman gave birth to a demon who fled into the Pine Barrens. Um, Then there's this gossipy political variation from the colonial area. Um, Though not as fantastical as previous er, versions, it does involve founding father Ben Franklin and his rival Titan Leeds. Um, Benjamin Franklin's Poor Richard's Almanac was in competition with Leeds' own almanac. In a bid to infuriate his rival, Franklin published... Whoa, my page just jumped around. Um, I hate that. Oh, Franklin published satirical astrological techniques that predicted Leeds would die um, in October of that year. He also started referring to Titan as a ghost. 
It says, as Franklin continued to depict Titan as a ghost and Leeds family crest with dragons, it is possible that the legend of the Jersey Devil was in part conflated with Franklin's an- in part <laughs> conflated with Franklin's antics. That's a hard sentence to yes. say. <laughs> um, it says, though there are various accounts on the Jersey Devil's origins, the physical description of the creature has remained pretty consistent through time, lending credence to its existence. According to the majority of accounts surrounding the Jersey Devil, it is a flying creature with bat-like wings. It has a head that is either similar to a horse or maybe a goat, with small arms with claws for hands, shaped somewhat like a dragon. So it's got T-Rex arms. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's also reportedly adorned with horns and a long tail. The creature is also said to sound off um, a blood-curdling scream. By some accounts, he is six feet tall, but according to others, he's only three or four feet. Um, there's a picture on this website of, you know, what somebody thinks that the Jersey Devil looks like, and it's got horseshoes on. <laughs> like, who, because it's got, like, it's weird, like, it's kind of got, like, goat-type feet. Yep. But it's got, like, it's been shod. A farrier has seen this thing. <laughs> so, like, find the farrier. You have your answers. Yeah. Let's think this through. Why would it, uh, wild demonic creature needs shoes <laughs> didn't it say it had webbed feet maybe they well were i think it's somebody you know in somebody's version of it oh, okay. maybe but yeah um anyways i just thought it was kind of funny because i was looking at this picture and i'm like why is it wearing horseshoes <laughs> <laughs> how are you gonna catch that and put shoes on its feet you yeah. know? Like, eh. anyway Um, It says, according to local lore, uh, the Jersey Devil feasts on local children, pets, and farm animals. Um, Some have said that he is responsible for crop failures, milkless cows, and droughts. Some say citing the Jersey Devil signals oncoming disaster or war, or that it reappears every seven years of its own accord. Or on its own accord. Uh, The miscreant could be brushed off as a story in little more, except that various people from everyday citizens to government officials have been convinced that they saw it in the flesh. Um, it says the creature has allegedly been seen all over the state of New Jersey, in Delaware, and in Pennsylvania. Um, in 1820, French Revolution commander Napoleon's older brother, Joseph Bonaparte, even claimed to have seen the Jersey Devil while hunting in Bordentown. Um, in 1840, several livestock killings were attributed to the Jersey Devil. In 1909, a slew of bizarre sightings, including inexplicable footprints, were reported in newspapers around New Jersey. Um, a headline from the Asbury Park Press. Asbury? Mm. I'm going to go with Asbury because there's only one S instead of June. <laughs> I said Asbury. <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Asbury. Um, um, Asbury. <laughs> so a headline from the Asbury Park Press of that year read, What mysterious tracks are these? Um uh, it says, reports of shadows falling across windows and men finding decomposed carcasses of unidentified creatures in the woods soon followed. People who worked in the Pine Barrens were refusing, uh, were refusing, they didn't English this right, were refusing to leave their homes and travel to their jobs. Um, for a week in January of that year, the creature, which was described as kangaroo-like with wings, um, was seen char- or terrorizing, characterizing what was seen terrorizing travelers on Camden trolleys. Um, at this point, the Jersey Devil became the official name, and it wasn't considered a ghost story anymore, but a newsworthy threat. 
More recent incidents include a farmer in Greenwich, New Jersey, who shot an unidentified animal that matched the description of the Jersey Devil in 1925. Um, Later, in 1951, a group of boys in Gibston, New Jersey, claimed to see a monster like the Jersey Devil while out in the woods. Um, in 1960, merchants near Camden offered a reward of $10,000 for anyone able to capture the Jersey Devil. If caught, they would even build the creature its own private zoo. So far, no one has been able to claim the prize. Hmm. Nope. No thanks. At least he's got his horseshoes. <laughs> I know. His feet are protected. I know, but they have to get changed every, like, six to eight weeks, so somebody's oh, regularly really? visiting him, yeah. Huh. Unless his feet don't grow. Yeah. Maybe they don't. But why would you want a shoe permanently nailed to your foot? That <laughs> 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 just sounds awful. Yeah. But anyway, um, so what was your idiot or aspect moment from this week? Oh, God. Okay. So I've been taking these antipsychotics for my anxiety. And one of the side effects you can get is called tardive dyskinesia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens is, well, a lot of things can happen, but what's happening to me is that my tongue is just sticking out of my mouth. <laughs> I can't. I haven't seen it yet, though. Yeah, I'm sure you have. It just looks like I'm licking my lips. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it like, like my mouth won't fully open. I'll just kind of like pop my lip through, <laughs> pop, pop my lip out like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But other times it just flies right out of my mouth. <laughs> I know. I don't want to make light of this situation because a lot of people have this really badly and it's, you know, it disrupts their life and they're unable to work and, you know, function. But um, I'm like actually really scared about what's happening because it's getting, it's getting worse. Yeah. I can tell like my face is starting to twitch up here and stuff. Oh, huh. Yeah. Um, So what can happen is your arms can flap around we were in the car yesterday and you're like my arm is up yeah my arm is like suddenly like rising up to like boob level (laughs) and it will shake yeah it'll shake i I didn't see the shaking well i don't notice that it's happening which is so weird yeah so like one time it was happening it was shaking and i i heard my hand um, sliding back and forth on the seatbelt, and I was mm-hmm. like, "What's that noise?" And I looked down, and my arm was doing it, <laughs> but like, I couldn't feel the... it. Yeah, I c- totally couldn't feel it. It was yeah. so wild. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. The worst is like when I'm looking in the mirror, and I don't notice that. Like, I like I don't feel that my tongue is sticking out, mm-hmm. but like I'll see in my reflection that my tongue is sticking out, oh. <laughs> and it's like yeah. my reflection is doing something that I'm not. Yeah, that would be a little bit concerning. <laughs> it's creepy. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. So that's what's happening. It's a whole thing. It's freaking me out. So, a whole new world. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It totally is. So I'm gonna go off the medicine that's causing it, but it might get worse even if you know, even if you go off of it. So. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll resolve itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have a mild, mild version of it. So hopefully. Yeah. 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 But anyways, um, it's happened a couple times. My tongue has popped out a couple times Mm -hmm. while speaking. Mm -hmm. So I'll be like... (laughs) (laughs) We do that so much in the podcast anyway, though, because we can't figure out what we're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean... It's freaking me out. The whole thing is just freaking me out. Yeah. Oh, I don't blame you. It would freak me out, too. But hopefully it goes away once you're off the medication all the way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, so <laughs> what was your rigid harassment moment? Mine was, okay, so last night I was making spaghetti and part of the onion, so <laughs> I chopped up an onion because I forgot as I'm going, so I'm making this spaghetti and I've got it all done and then I realized I brought an onion or I bought an onion to put in there and I didn't put it in there. So then I'm having to chop it up when the spaghetti sauce is pretty much already made and the noodles are almost done. And I'm like, okay, I got to like fire these real quick. And so I'm like, you know, chopping onions and sticking them in the thing. And I move the stove because, you know, as I'm trying to take stuff off so it doesn't keep cooking. And then part of one of the onions plopped off onto the stove on the burner that I literally just turned off and me being the doofus that I am decide oh I'm just gonna pick that up real quick and I brushed the stove top when I was picking it up because you know how you kind of like if you're picking something up that you can't just like grab you like kind of like use whatever it's sitting on to like get underneath it yeah and so that's what I did with the onion and now I don't have a blister, but there's definitely like a smooth spot, you know, like where I I like burned off my fingerprints in a couple of spots. (laughs) So it doesn't like hurt necessarily, but it feels weird. Yeah. You know, because I iced it pretty much right afterwards. Oh, that's good. But still, I was just kind of like, "Uh," you know, I don't know what I did. So yeah, that's fun. uh, You know, and as a massage therapist, I work with my hands, so hopefully it doesn't blister. Yeah. You know, because I've had it happen where I've like gotten a little like burn on my hand or something like that, but it doesn't blister until like a couple days later, Mm -hmm. which I'm hoping not because at that point I'm going to have to go back to work and be like super gluing my fingers all over the place to try Uh, and like keep them together. Yeah. So that's fun. That sounds super horrible. glue actually works really well though. You use that and not the like liquid band-aid liquid stuff? band-aid doesn't stick not with like huh. oil and oh, lotion and stuff. Yeah, okay. I mean if it it'll stick for a little while but literally I have to reapply it like every hour you know okay. so like after every massage I'm having to reapply it and like glue down the edges because it doesn't like open up but it definitely starts to kind of peel off a little bit so mm-hmm. I have to like trim the edges and then put more on there so I end up with this like big wad of liquid band-aid <laughs> oh, yeah. at the end of the day that's just like stuck to my hand somewhere so super glue while being a little bit rougher mm-hmm. stays you know like mm-hmm. it doesn't really come off what and it takes forever for it to dry yeah but because super glue ain't what it used to be oh no <laughs> because somebody decided to like glue, I, I think somebody decided to like glue their hands together maybe or something at one point oh and they like God. sued a super glue company for like it working too well basically yeah and so they yeah they just kind of wow had to change the formula because somebody was because an idiot. Someone was a dumbass. <laughs> so wow. yeah, but it works pretty well. So pro tip for all y'all, if you're like you know doing something that you need to use your hands for and you don't want to get you know anything into a cut or bleed on anybody, super glue is the way to go. Yeah, huh. burns a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, doesn't it but hurt? It's not bad though. Yeah, yeah, totally tolerable, and it's still it's definitely worth it because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that I've found so far that works. Huh. So, anyways, the more you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspects at Supernatural Podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.